0: I'm Andrea, and I believe that women have the answers. That when we come together, we can create great things. So I've created this space for women to share their stories that unite and connect us. You're listening to Our Story Speaks. Welcome friends. Thank you for joining me here in 2020. It's surreal to say that, but it's true and i'm having some strange barbara walter's flashbacks from my youth i am so grateful to be here with you today and if you're listening and you love this podcast please pause right now go subscribe and leave me a review this helps other women find this podcast and connect with our story the ones that we all share trauma is a big part of most of our stories unfortunately But I've come to understand that out of the wreckage of a traumatic experience, beautiful growth and opportunity can emerge. Today, you'll hear Christina share her story about surviving a mass shooting and using trauma to create the thriving foundation of her life.
1: Hi. Hi, thanks so much for joining me today.
2: Thank you, Andrea. I am so honored to have this opportunity to speak with you.
1: Yeah, this is awesome. We uh, were connected by another person, and the universe kind of aligned for us to meet, and so I'm so excited to share your story today. Thank
2: you. I am too.
1: So yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, Why don't you tell a little bit about your background and who you are?
2: Sure. Um, It's somewhat loaded. (laughs) But my background, so I am um, an occupational therapist by background. I have been passionate about health and wellness um, and fitness since I was a little kid. And initially, I wanted to go into psychology, and I had a roommate convince me to go into occupational therapy, and it's been an amazing field just to open my eyes at Um, so many different ways that I can help people. Um, And for about, I've been out of that work now for about a year and a half. And previously for about 10 years, I was working as an OT with the military um, specializing in traumatic brain injuries and post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And that evolved my passion even more, um, really, for this wellness piece, um, knowing that people can do so much um, on their own in terms of their physical fitness and the nutrition um, piece of it to help aid their recovery, Mm -hmm. Um, and then kind of coinciding with that, I... Um, really felt a deep connection to my patients in the military um, because of the trauma and having faced um, several traumas in my life um, from abuse, uh, manipulation, and then um, having a pretty severe, I guess, bout of PTSD um, myself after being involved in the Fort Hood shooting um, Mm -hmm. that occurred in 2009, um, that really strengthened my relationship and my, um, I think, sense of empathy with my patients. Mm -hmm. Um, But understanding even more than how much control we can take um, in our own recovery and rehabilitation from those traumatic events and how that sense of self-efficacy, that sense that I have control over this um, can give you that skill set for resilience Mm
1: -hmm. um,
2: that allows you to not only come back from a traumatic event, but to thrive after a traumatic event. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really become kind of my heart and soul and my purpose in this life.
0: Mm-hmm. As I see
1: it today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. So you, you've you had a couple traumas yourself that have really spurred uh, where you're at today.
2: Correct. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, man, I've had childhood trauma through marital trauma, um, I would say, consisting of about 30 years of my life.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so that's a lot. Yeah. And, um, but I think the one that probably opened my eyes the most was, um, the mass shooting. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, you know, obviously, well, probably most listeners don't know, but, trauma affects you so differently. And so something that's kind of chronic and prolonged has a very different impact than um, one singular event. Um, But that doesn't diminish kind of the long-term effect, but I think it made it more profound for me Mm -hmm. um, in terms of truly being able to identify this is the negative event that occurred. Um, This is how I feel. And now what Mm -hmm. do I need to do to move forward? Mm -hmm.
1: Can you uh, remind us of the events surrounding that experience? Sure. Um, So November
2: 5th, 2009, Mm -hmm. um, I was working on a military base in Fort Hood, Texas. And that particular shooting was a um, psychiatrist, who was in the military. It was Major Hassan, Um, Um, and he had automatic weapons. Um, Thirteen people lost their lives that day. Wow. Um, Several people were injured. Um, This particular area of the military base was, I don't know, um, I think we sometimes describe it as like a compound. We had four um, buildings in this very specific area of the post, and it was all focused on um, pre- and post-deployment. And so, mm-hmm. my specific clinic was focused on post-deployment traumatic brain injury, um, and so we assessed all of the soldiers who came back. From Iraq and Afghanistan for concussions Um, and then if they tested positive then we um, you know put them through pretty intensive rehabilitation for that Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time there were other soldiers in that same area that were um, getting tested you know doing all of their blood work and their vitals and everything else that they needed to do to be cleared for deployment Mm -hmm. Um, so it was a pretty active area and, um, Hassan has been sentenced to death. Um, but you know, as that goes, yeah. (laughs) So yeah. Um, did you have any other questions about that specific?
1: Well, I was just curious about kind of uh, in the aftermath of that, um, you know, when you realize this is having lasting effects on me, you know, what was that reality like for you?
2: Um, Yeah, well, I mean, even immediately, I'm trying to think. I was working with a patient at the time that it happened, um, and I was not familiar with the sound of gunfire. Um, Mm -hmm. And fortunately, he was, and so he picked up on it pretty quick, and told me to take shelter in my office. And um, it was really hard to discern where the gunfire was coming from, and and we thought it was initially in our building. And so we were working to – he was getting us ready to get out the window. And um, as we were about to climb out the window, Hassan walked by, brain wow. gunfire. Um so I don't know, coincidentally in, in the middle of this situation, I somehow or another just seemed to be very well composed, um, very calm, collected, like was not really reacting. Um, just kind of, you know, he was giving me the orders and I was following my patient was giving me the orders and I was following what he said and um we stayed hunkered in the building for what seemed like a tremendous amount of time. Um, and then we, had, we were relocated um, to another building, and we were there for several hours. I, I don't think I left to go home until midnight or 1 a.m., um, partially for debriefing, partially for interviews. Um, partially to make sure that the coast was clear, that there weren't any additional shooters. Um, There was a lot of confusion in the aftermath. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I went home that night and couldn't and didn't sleep. Um, The next day, we didn't have to report back to work. Um, But I don't remember if it's the day after immediately after or two days after I had to get interviewed with the Texas Rangers. And so they came to my house um, for an interview. And so I think during that initial period, I was still very much in shock. Like it was very hard to comprehend what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once we started returning to work, so we actually never returned back to our buildings where we um, had been working. Um, that whole area ended up getting demolished. oh wow! Um, so we were set up in trailers, and it was it was a lot of like temporary kind of adjustment afterwards um, and Ironically enough, I had actually put in my resignation, and I was supposed to be leaving my position that week um and ended up speaking with my contracting company and was able to stay through the end of the month because I felt like I needed that support from my peers who um, went through that incident with me mm-hmm. to be able to help kind of in that processing. So I stayed, that was November 5th and I stayed until the 30th.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so there was a lot of shock. There was, um, I I think the military was, for the first time, trying to figure out how to handle that kind of a situation as well. And so tons and tons of interviews um, with us to try to uh, really define kind of what actually happened um, and identify a true timeline. Um, So it was kind of interesting because I think it varies a lot from typical trauma and maybe typical therapy because that was almost like um, some of the psychotherapy where you're speaking about the event. You know, every single Mm -hmm. interview we had to retell our story. And so I think in some aspects that was incredibly challenging and um, it brought up a lot of emotion. But I think at the same time, too, there was a sense of healing in that. Mhm, um, I struggled with it for quite a while. Um I was in I'm trying to think I was in washington d c in a different position, but still working for the military at a military head injury conference when the earthquake occurred. Mhm, and I was there with several of my colleagues who had been in the shooting with me and the amount of panic when that happened because we didn't know what was going on, um, took us all right back there. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it's, it's been several years. I mean, it's been 10 years now. I've worked through it a lot. It's been interesting to try to find the right, um, help in terms of therapists. I've had some really interesting encounters um, and oddly enough, a lot of medical professionals who are so almost enamored with the idea that somebody was a part of that mm-hmm. rather than helping.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah. It's, you know, just the recovery from that has been very interesting. And I, I would be curious to see kind of how that trajectory in the, um, um, therapeutic world has changed because there has continued to be mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it, it has definitely been a process. Um, I think mm-hmm. I'll let you take kind of the lead here. And
1: Yeah. So I was just thinking, you know, um, you've described to me that you've been through multiple traumatic events that would certainly, um, debilitate any person but you have really survived it sounds like and and propelled yourself forward so I would love to talk about that process for you of moving past some of your traumas and kind of the work you're doing now
2: yeah it's funny I don't I mean I guess I can just pin it all down to personality. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty stubborn Mm -hmm. and I don't give up easily. Um, And so, you know, I think that there's probably been multiple turning points, but um, you know, certainly one thought, I mean, there are several, but one thought is this can't be all there is. Like I've, survived for a reason like let's make the most of it
1: oh I love that
2: yeah and so you know for me I think amid all of the trauma it was kind of this role as a seeker in trying to find something that I could control because so many of these things were out of my control and Mm -hmm. so many of these um instances and events were, you know, beyond my control. So what was it that I had control over? Um, and that's where I really found myself in the fitness and health space. Um, yeah. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So as a healthcare professional, I understood the benefits of exercise and the release of endorphins and feeling good. Um, I had also been diagnosed with depression, even as a child. Um, So even prior to everything at Fort Hood um, and then even post Fort Hood, I was put on medication again. So I had been on medication for depression, had been on medication after Fort Hood, um, honestly, just to cope day to day. And I didn't, believe that that was the best solution for me. I didn't feel good. Um, It left me incredibly groggy. I wasn't able to think clearly. I wasn't able to perform to the best that I believed I could perform. And so I was really in search of something that I could do, again, something that I could control um, that would make me feel better, that would help me get through the day, that would help me think more clearly. And Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of the um, kind of physical activity, fitness, um, and healthier eating came into play. I will say healthier eating did not come until a lot later. So I wasn't, oh, geez, I was 30 before I really started understanding the connection of how much better you feel when you eat nutritious foods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but everything comes with time. Everything is a lesson um, to be learned along the way. And so just even starting with that physical fitness. And um, so in terms of, you know, the early kind of trauma and, and dysfunction at home and trying to avoid the home setting, I was in gymnastics and cheerleading. And so just getting into something where I was active and something where I had this like sense of camaraderie and um friendship like and support. Healthy. Yeah, yeah. Um that was I think really what kick started it. And then I had joined a women's running group at Fort Hood and again, you know, that it's not just the um like fitness piece of it, but that camaraderie and that sense of community is yeah. equally as huge. Um, so, I mean, that was such an amazing group to be a part of. And when you have something like that, it gives you purpose to get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and for anybody, I, I tell this to my friends and my clients is, you know, even a class that you just love to go to, it, it doesn't have to be the gym, um, But, you know, whether it's the gym, whether it's going for a run, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's going to, you know, your favorite spin class or boot camp class, um, something that gives you that sense of purpose to get up in the morning, something that you're excited about, um, there's so many benefits that come with that. Mm -hmm. And... Kind of going back to the medication thing, yes, there is certainly a time and a place where medication is necessary, but I can't tell you the last time that I took any kind of medication um, because of, like, the shooting, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: because I've learned so much more about how to manage that for myself and how to take control of that,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, of making sure that I feel good and knowing how to meet my needs. So I know Mm -hmm. that now my needs on a daily basis, I have to move. I have to get some kind of physical activity in. I Mm -hmm. have to eat well. Um, I have to get some time outdoors in nature and I have to spend at least 15 minutes in meditation. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect.
1: I love Love, love how you talked about how powerful the community piece is because I think this is a universal, literally key to almost everything, honestly, whether mm-hmm. you're a trauma survivor, whether you're recovering from addiction or, you know, whatever it is, the answer is often community, drive. Mm-hmm connection because we heal each other when we're coming together and holding space and so obviously the physical um, exercise piece is key but it's almost like that community piece is is really what brings it all together full circle
2: yeah i completely agree and i think yeah I mean, you certainly don't have to have endured any kind of trauma for that to be um, significant in your life. I think everybody is in the pursuit of the sense of belonging and connection with other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're on this earth to do. Yeah, you know, we, we weren't put here to, you know, function in isolation.
1: Right. So, yes,
2: finding those people, that group that you connect with, that you um, find comfort with, that you can find um, a sense of security to be yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's so huge, too. You know, it's it's not going to be a meaningful community if you feel like you have to wear a mask or you have to hide who you really are. But truly finding those people that will let you let your guard down and um,
1: learn who you
2: are authentically. Um, Mm -hmm. There's so much value
1: in that. Yes, there is so much value in that, and I love that you just shared that because it's just that's it. Everything else is, like, extra. (laughs) If we take away anything, it's, it's that piece. Uh, the other thing you said that really loved and resonated with me was that you now have this ability to listen to what you need, to name it, and then to really honor it and give it, like, its due place in your life every single day.
2: Yeah, that has been a process. <laughs> yeah, um... <it> is.
1: <laughs> I don't know a single person who says that comes easily, but
2: yes. yeah and you know I don't even know necessarily when it started you know when I could start picking up on identifying really what I was feeling I think that's really been something much more recent um meaning like the last year or two identifying what I was feeling acknowledging it allowing it um allowing it's a tough one I think for people you know um and I think it, it it is a process and you kind of have to get through each stage um of that process to be able to begin to integrate that every day. Mhm.
1: Um yeah, absolutely. So, tell us a little bit about like what you're doing now. Yeah,
2: um I'm so excited. So, <laughs> I have kind of two business concepts. One is still in the um, very much development stage. Um, I'm still doing a lot of planning around that. But the other one is um, it's my business, Rise Functional Wellness,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and Rise because of my own personal resilience, but I also believe that everybody you know, can be resilient no matter what they've endured in life um, and taking that power back um, and functional wellness, meaning practical and purposeful approaches to health and wellness. Um, I am a healthcare provider and a scientist by background, and my mission is to educate people on making changes in their life that will be long-lasting. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there, and it can be very confusing, and it can be very intimidating. Um, and I want to try to take that out of it and, and break it down into simple steps and and knowing that you don't have to take these huge drastic steps um, to ultimately get drastic results.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's perfect. I love that so much. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I would love to ask you what you're reading, learning, listening to these days that's just inspiring you or lighting you up. I... Jeez, I love
2: to read, and I keep finding myself, like, inundated with books. Um, but I love it. <laughs> I just get really easily distracted. So I am currently, let's see, I'm listening to an Audible. I have a Tony Robbins um, book about finance. Mm-hmm. Then I'm also currently reading, um, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, The Presence Process. Sorry. That's okay. Um, And so it is a book focused on awareness um, and really living in the present moment and kind of changing our, shifting our mindset. Um, so that's been really fascinating. And I'm to the point in the book where it gives you week by week guides um, mm. and incorporates breath work and meditation. So that's been really fascinating for me um, to observe as I've been incorporating those changes. Um, and then the book I just purchased and I'm so excited to get started on is Super Attractor by oh, yeah. Gabby Bernstein.
1: Yeah, I'm also excited to read that.
2: Yeah, so that's kind of fair on that in terms of what I'm reading at the current moment.
1: Yeah, perfect. I feel like we're probably similar because I have stacks of books Yeah, that I have I have in every intention of reading, and anytime I'm, like, inspired, I'm like, I need to buy that.
2: It's going to change my life. Right. <laughs> yes. I know. And I just keep buying more books and I'm like, I just can't find enough time in the day. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so my last question is what advice would you give to your younger self, Christina? Uh,
2: hold on. Hmm. Um, there were so many, so many dark days. Um, and I wish I could share with myself in those moments of despair and those moments of hopelessness just how much better life
1: is going to get. Wow, yeah, that's beautiful. So thank you so much for being here today. I truly um, honor your willingness to share your story with us and please share with my listeners uh, how they can find out more from you all the ways to find you all of the ways, all um, of the ways.
2: <laughs> right now the best way to engage with me and find me is on Instagram and so I have two different handles one is Christina Marie fit and so that's Christina with a K Marie M-A-R-I-E fit and that is my health and wellness page and then my page focused on resilience and empowerment for women is Rise Up
1: Thriving Perfect and I will make sure everyone uh, can easily find you in the show notes and thank you again, Just thank you so much for being here with me today.
2: Thank you so much Andrea I really appreciate it <music>
0: Thank you so much for spending your time with me i hope you got some value out of what you heard today you can find information about upcoming episodes on facebook and instagram at our story speaks you can also email me at our story speaks 2019 at gmail.com so please send me an email if you have a story to share with other women you can now listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify google play and anchor I have excellent guests and topics in store, so please like, share, and subscribe. Send me your feedback and leave comments. I'd love to hear from you.